Welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast, bringing you hints, tips, advice and inspiration as you walk your path to living a rich and full alcohol-free life. Discover why sobriety is the most loving gift of self-care and self-love and how you can feel empowered and joyous with your choice to live the abundant life of alcohol freedom that you deserve. I'm Gail MacDonald, coach, teacher, mum and tea drinker, living a life of alcohol freedom and I'm here to help you to transform your relationship with alcohol in a way that feels good so you can live the life you deserve without alcohol holding you back. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast with Miguel from Sober Bliss. How are you? I'm here on a Friday. I've just had a really lovely cup of tea. I've been down to meet Nico halfway from school. And while it's cold in here in my office, I've got my coat on as I sit here recording this. It's actually quite warm outside and it feels a bit like spring is on its way. Although, as I record this, it's still early February, so I don't want to relax too much as it might even snow next week, who knows. Anyway, I'm feeling really good today um, and at the time of recording this podcast, I'm looking forward to our first group support session of 2022 which is happening tomorrow they happen every Saturday and they are honestly such a joy for me and also for the people who come along and join in we had a bit of a break over Christmas and I did close the support group but we're back now and welcoming new lovely people just like you to get the help and support you need to stop drinking and to live the life that you deserve. So if you want the support of other amazing women on this journey, then check out the link that I will put in the show notes and I'd love for you to come and join us. So that's one reason why I'm feeling really good today. And another reason is that at the time, again, of recording, I am coming up to almost four years alcohol-free which is the inspiration behind this podcast because I did find an old blog post that I wrote when I was coming up to a year alcohol free. So this is kind of an extension, a bit of an edit on that blog post. Um, So yeah, almost four years alcohol free and currently as I record this, 41 days cigarette free which feels really really good honestly it does and as you know especially if you listen to my podcast on the first 100 days of living alcohol free you know that I don't really or don't usually count the days so I did have to look up on the internet to find out how many days I was alcohol free I can't remember 1400 and something but anyway almost four years alcohol free and 41 days cigarette free
And in this podcast, I will be reflecting on what I did back then when I first stopped drinking. And I'm going to share with you some of the things that I did, some of the things that I still do to help me stop drinking. Also, some of the things that I've added in there, which are helping me right now to stop smoking. So this is kind of all about how I beat wine o'clock and the things that help me to stop drinking and stay stopped, I suppose, because it is a journey, as you know. And almost four years on, I still do some of the things now that I did in the beginning. Some of the things that I I don't do anymore or they've changed um, and that's okay. And actually wine o'clock is often the thing that we worry about the most when we think about quitting drinking. So before we've even decided, before we've even taken that very first step, we often think, oh gosh, how am I going to get through wine o'clock? Whatever that looks like for you. One of my clients didn't really have wine o'clock as a time as such. It was more a feeling or a situation which could have happened at any time of day. Whereas other people regularly open their fridge at 4pm, 5pm. For me, it was 2pm. And it was more beer o'clock than wine o'clock but that was the very first hurdle I suppose that I had to get through so yeah this podcast is kind of an extension an edit and updated version of an early blog post that I wrote explaining how I got through beer o'clock I'm going to tell you the 10 things I did and still do to help me stop drinking and a couple of extra bits and pieces that I'm doing right now, which are also helping me to uh, stop smoking. So yeah, almost four years ago, I began my journey to sobriety without really knowing exactly what uh, was going to happen or how I was going to do it. You may recall from other podcasts and blogs and conversations that my husband stopped drinking the day before I did. And of course, I couldn't very well drink if he wasn't. So that was kind of what happened. And then I thought, okay, well, this is it. I'm just going to go with it. I'm not going to drink anymore. And that was the decision that I made. But I didn't really have a plan or anything. I was just very clear that it, it just wasn't happening anymore. But at the same time, I wasn't really sure what to do. And that very first day, I really had no idea how I would get through the witching hour, which was between two and four o'clock for me. That was my tricky time, my challenging time. And I didn't really know um, how I was going to get through it, what I was going to do. And actually there were many more occasions that counted as wine o'clock or beer o'clock especially if it was the weekend um and I hadn't really thought about what I was going to do instead I just made the decision that I wasn't going to drink and then I thought oh I'll figure it out afterwards and that is kind of what I did and I did find lots of really great things to do figured it out along the way 
which is why I'm sharing it with you now because it is better to have a bit of a plan in place um some ideas of what you could do instead and yeah I did find lots of great things to do in the beginning though my wine o'clock time consisted of um trying to think exactly what I did actually what did I do oh yeah when so I used to open my first beer when the kids got home from school, which was about 2, 2.30-ish. Um, and then that would be me for the rest of the afternoon, evening, just opening beer after beer after beer. So what I did was I would come home and I would eat at the same time as the kids did, because often I wouldn't eat, I would just have a beer instead. And then I would wash the dishes and take the dogs out for a walk and then come back and maybe read a book or have a little nap or help the kids with their homework that was kind of my routine in the beginning and then the rest of the time after that would be spent on the sofa with tea and cake so my immediate wine o'clock or beer o'clock replacement was being you know quite active doing the dishes eating something then going for a walk but since then things change you know my son has just come home now and I'm not eating or doing the dishes so they do change and that's okay but in the beginning I want to share with you the 10 things that really helped me and not just get through the witching hour but help me stop drinking in general because it's not just about removing the alcohol at four o'clock for example it is a whole lifestyle change a whole lifestyle choice and I don't believe that you can just replace your glass of wine at 5 p.m with a cup of tea and everything will be fine we have to do a lot of work obviously and this is not really the podcast to talk about the deep work that we have to do but we have to change our lifestyle in general our routines our rituals the way we do things the way we think about things in um in general so 10 things really that i found really helpful in the beginning some things that I did right from the start and still do now there are a few bits that I've added and discovered along the way some things I did then I stopped doing now I've gone back to them and I think it's important to remember this so what you might do uh, right now might not necessarily be the thing that you do six months four years down the line so might you might now be ready in your pajamas and getting into bed at seven o'clock. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be the rest of your life in bed at seven o'clock because it won't be. It's just what you need to do right now to help you, um, if that makes sense. So don't be worried or put off if the thing that you're doing now feels a bit restrictive like not going out for example it doesn't mean that you have to stay in for the rest of your life because you won't it will change and it will get easier i promise for example i no longer 
well, I've just said, I don't do the dishes and take the dogs out at two o'clock every day anymore. And I no longer sit on the sofa eating cake every single night. Sometimes I think that would be quite a nice thing to do, but I don't do that anymore. So it's okay. You don't have to do the thing now forever. But cake and chocolate are one of the things that helped me in the beginning. So let's start with that. And I think when I stopped, it was probably quite near um, Mother's Day. And I remember the first thing that I did was made a cake. So I think I stopped on the Tuesday, so I'd managed with chocolate, and then on the Sunday I made cake. Um, And I have to say that I didn't really have any, you know, physical cravings for alcohol, but I did have a really sweet tooth, and I just wanted something to, I don't know, put in my hands, put in my mouth, I suppose. So chocolate and cake were my go-to in the beginning and even at two o'clock I wouldn't you know um, be satisfied until I'd had maybe a piece of cake or a couple of squares of chocolate or something and I know that can be quite common turning to sugar to help with the cravings Um, but for me it was more about well not wanting to feel like I was missing out on something And also I think I wanted a little treat and a bit of a reward, you know, gosh, I'm not drinking beer, so surely I can have a bit of cake. Um, And that's what I did in the beginning. And I have to say that over lockdown, and probably many of you can relate to that, we did eat quite a bit of cake again. It was something that my kids used to enjoy doing when they weren't at school, we would make cake. And that's kind of carried on for a bit longer than it probably should have done and lately because I haven't been smoking then the chocolate in the evening has picked up again as have um, jellies we've been putting uh, Haribo's in the freezer and then picking them out one at a time or five at a time however you know many we want and having those instead of um, a cigarette So that's something that I've added to my toolkit to help me not smoke. And I know that this is something you can do as well to help you not drink because it is often the act of putting something in our mouths that that's all we want to do. And if you don't want to eat cake or chocolate or jellies, then you can put some grapes in the freezer or blueberries in the freezer or cranberries or I think was it um Jean McCarthy from the bubble hour she told me that she would slice up oranges and put those in the freezer so anything like that which is easy to get to it's satisfying it's sweet so fruit is actually really good if you're craving the sugar um is a great way to get through the cravings, get through wine o'clock and is probably, well it is definitely healthier than cake 
and chocolate. But, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. That's what I did. <clears throat> what I'm currently doing. However, I am down to maybe one packet of Haribo now over a couple of days instead of one a day. So that's getting better. <laughs> uh, tea. Tea is the next thing on the list. And I drink a huge amount of tea, masses amount of tea. And I always have done and I probably always will do. So tea and cake in the beginning were my thing. Tea is still my thing. And I had a conversation with one of my clients yesterday and she said, do you even drink tea in the summer? Yes, I do. Um, hot English tea. Yorkshire tea or Tetley are my favourite. There are other brands available, obviously. Um, but I tried them all in the beginning. I tried all of the fruit teas, the infusions. Um, I got for my birthday actually a really nice pink cup with a little... I don't know what you would call it, tea strainer thing in the top. Some really nice red, like dried berry kind of tea, which is so nice. But because it was a present, I kind of keep it for a special occasion. I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. But tea, all the teas, um, something that really helped me get through wine o'clock in the beginning. I did try iced tea in the summer with a bit of lemon in but to be honest it didn't really work I do quite like hot water with lemon as a nice drink I'm not a massive fan of alcohol free beers or wine or anything like that I just prefer a nice cup of tea that's what helped me and if that's what helps you then that's great but I do think it is important to find something that you like to drink when it comes to getting through wine o'clock because you know I don't think we drink wine for the taste we drink it for many other reasons but it's important that if you're not going to drink wine you drink something else that you like so find something that you like that is probably the most important thing that you can do in the beginning. I also mentioned that I would take the dogs out for a walk, which <clears throat> they were walked a lot in the beginning of my sober journey. Not just at wine o'clock either, all, all the time. I think they had their little legs walked off. Um... And then after my initial spell on the sofa, when my energy returned, I would take them out um, even more. And it coincided with the weather being nicer. So, yeah, I think they would maybe be walked five, six times a day. And that hasn't changed Except now, we've only got one dog, unfortunately. But we've acquired a cat, and the cat likes to come for a walk <laughs> with me in the morning as well, which is really funny to see the cat running along next to the dog. Um, so yeah, walking, getting outside in nature, a really useful way to help you through wine o'clock, but not just 
during the witching hour. Try and incorporate it into your daily routine. Because the more we can do things that make us feel good, then the less chance we have of needing to turn to wine to numb out a crappy day at the end of it all. And walking is a really good activity to get your feel-good hormones flowing. Obviously, you're out in the fresh air, um, in nature, and it just makes you feel so good. And many people that I talk to, most of my clients use walking as a tool, not just at wine o'clock, but in general. So if you're not walking, then get outside and go for a walk. Listening to podcasts while you walk is such a good thing to do. And what I found was that I would enjoy the walks more when I wasn't drinking. And I still do appreciate that today because in the past I would take the dogs out for a walk because, you know, they had to go for a walk. But I would rush back because the walking was interfering with important drinking time. But that's obviously not the case anymore. So I do enjoy the walks a lot more. I take my time. I'm a lot more mindful. I notice what's going on around me. And I probably walk further than I did when I was drinking. And that's one of the reasons why probably I lost a bit of weight despite eating all that cake and chocolate because I was walking such a lot it was balancing out the sugar I think Um, and a brisk walk especially if you listen to something inspiring uplifting whether that be a podcast or your favorite music is a really good way to get through a craving and to push out any thoughts of drinking that you might be having um what else did I do reading yeah reading along with podcasts really helped in the beginning although for me it was more about reading than the podcasts I don't think I discovered podcasts until I don't know probably a couple of years ago when I started doing my own actually Um, but now there's so many podcasts on sobriety and audiobooks as well you listen to audible at bedtime or when you're out for a walk Um, but reading really helped me I think I wanted the knowledge uh, and also the reassurance that um, other people had done it were doing it and everything was fine the very first book that I read was um, Claire Pooley's The Sober Diaries I talked about that before and it was also a really good way to escape Um, to retreat and to relax and it felt a little bit of a treat as well because um, I didn't read much when I was drinking because you can't you know you can't remember what you've read half the time you read the same line again and again or what I would do was like hold the book out at arm's length with one eye closed because the words were just swimming across the page um which is not a good reading experience and then as I say you know you wouldn't remember what you'd read so you'd have to read the same chapter again and again so in the beginning it was just so good to be able to read to be able to see the pages and 
not have the words swimming around and to remember. So the first couple of months, I think I read a lot. And one of my friends said that she used reading, you know, quitlet sobriety books, all of that to help her to stop drinking. I think, uh, and you can listen to the podcast I had with her, Jill, my friend, um, she gave herself a week or three weeks maybe, I can't remember, and just read as much as she could about the topic and then she stopped drinking. I used reading the other way around. I stopped and then I started to read the books about it uh, to help me through wine o'clock, obviously, also to give me the information that I needed and to reassure me that everything was going to be okay. And it did feel a little bit like a treat as well, I have to say, especially if I had to go to bed early because I just couldn't do the day anymore. I would go to bed early with a cup of tea, obviously, and a book. And I'm enjoying that right now at the moment because it's winter time here it does get dark pretty quickly so instead of just sitting in front of the tv for hours and hours I quite like to go to bed early with a book and that does feel like a bit of a treat Um, and occasionally I will stay in bed in the morning with a book and read for a little bit before I get up Um, so that is a really useful tool for me uh, to help me through wine o'clock to help me um, beat the witching hour and it's a really nice thing to do as is meditation which is the next thing I wrote a blog post on meditation in the beginning of my journey um, and it's always been a bit hit and miss I probably didn't have the right resources in the beginning um but it's something that I practiced I think it's important to say that so you know in the beginning I said just because you might do something in the beginning of your journey doesn't mean that you're going to end up doing it forever there are certain things a bit like meditation where you have to stick at them in order for them to really help you I used to try and meditate you know when I was drinking in the afternoon I thought oh this is going to be good I'll take myself off for a little bit of meditation but because I'd already had a few beers then I just used to end up falling asleep so meditation didn't really work for me when I was drinking um however when I stopped drinking I really decided to give it a go and I wouldn't necessarily meditate um, at wine o'clock depending how I was feeling if I was a bit nervous or anxious or stressed then I couldn't really sit still and meditate so I would have to do something physical like go for a walk but I did use meditation I still do use meditation to help me sleep there's a really good yoga nidra meditation on insight timer that I love and I do a morning meditation as well 
And I always recommend to my clients to give it a go because starting your day feeling calm and grounded and centered really does have such a massive impact on how the rest of the day will go and in turn what happens at nine o'clock. So although this podcast is, you know, how to get through nine o'clock, there are certain things you can do early on in the day which will make nine o'clock either not as scary or not happen in the sense of the need to turn to a glass of wine. And meditation is one of those things that will really help to ground you, to get your day off to a really good start. So you, there is less risk, if you like, that you will need to numb out at wine o'clock. And again, you know, find something that you enjoy listening to and give it a go. Practice it. Don't just try it a couple of times and think, mm, I don't like it, it's not for me. Because it does take more than two attempts to really um, experience the full advantage and benefits of meditating. Um, so that's one thing that I did, as I said, not necessarily at wine o'clock, but it did help me to navigate wine o'clock a lot calmer, I would say, um, than just not meditating at all. And I still do meditate today. Not every single day I try to. Sometimes I don't, but that's okay. And I think it's important as well, while we're on that subject, to not beat yourself up if you don't meditate every day, if you don't go for a five-mile walk, if you don't read 100 pages. These are all suggestions. These are all things that helped me but not necessarily all at once, all together, every single day. It was a combination of these things which made it work. And I think it's important to allow yourself the space to experiment and explore and find what works for you and keep trying and never feel bad if if you don't meditate, for example, you might hate it. You might just not be able to sit still and enjoy it. And that's okay. Do something else. Like writing, for example. Um, I really enjoy writing. I'm writing a book at the moment. I write all of these podcasts. I write blogs. Um, I wrote a whole three-month course which is what you get when you work with me one-to-one -one. you get three months worth of journaling prompts which is a course in itself um, and writing is a really good way to get through wine o'clock get through a craving because it stops the thoughts taking over if you can get out what's in your head onto paper it is a really good release to help you um, and often as well there are lots of thoughts, feelings, emotions going through your mind um, that you need to unpick, that you need to uncover 
and getting these things out on paper is is so freeing it's very therapeutic and you can look back as well and see just how far you've come and in the moment writing through a craving is very powerful because it stops you from latching on to the thought and taking the thought somewhere where you don't necessarily want it to go um there are people who write in the morning i'm one of those people there are people who write in the evening before bed there are people who randomly um you know write as i said when they're having a craving or when they're struggling when you work with me i encourage you to do journaling every single day for the three months that we're working together and most people do carry on that practice actually because it is such a powerful practice Um, and I might do a podcast on the power of journaling in sobriety and also writing as you know if you've listened to one of my other interviews with Claire Pooley author of The Sober Diaries writing really helped her with her um, her own alcohol addiction and it's such a powerful tool to help you work through these thoughts feelings emotions the past the behaviors all of those things so um if you can do a bit of writing at wine o'clock such a you know a really good thing to do um so we're nearly at the end of the list i think there's only a couple of things left um on my list of 10 things to do to help you through wine o'clock 10 things that I did to help me stop drinking and consequently uh, or helping me to stop smoking right now and one of those things is um, yoga and it's something that I always thought I would eventually get around to doing but yeah I never quite did (laughs) I'm not one of these people who kind of okay I'm going to stop drinking and I need to do yoga straight away yoga wasn't a massive part of my healing journey I suppose it's not up there on my toolkit as it is for other people I think I only first started doing um, you know the practice of yoga about a year into my sober journey and that coincided with when we decided to change our morning routine and I'll talk a little bit about mornings at the moment uh, at the moment in a moment so we went from basically watching tv all evening with cake and cups of tea to going to bed early we moved our day forward by a couple of hours if you like so we started getting up at five o'clock going to bed at eight or something ridiculous um which is actually a really nice thing to do Uh, and that's when I started yoga because I thought oh my god what am I going to do at five o'clock in the morning I'm not going to work or I'm not going to clean um it was too cold and dark to do a big long walk um I didn't fancy 
you know, going for a run or anything like that. So I started yoga. And it was actually really nice in the beginning. My husband would get up and take the dogs out, which I'm very thankful that he did that in the cold and the dark. And he would come back and he would light the fire. And at the time, I think our bedroom, well, our bed was in the living room. So if you don't know, I live in a warehouse uh, with a kind of a flat inside. It's great when the weather's warm because it's, it's a really big space. But when it's cold, we are all kind of squashed into the little flat that we have. And at the beginning of the sober journey, our bedroom was in the living room, which was great actually because we had a log burning stove in there. We've moved around a little bit now, so it looks a bit different. But yeah, I would get up with my husband, he would take the dogs out, I would make a cup of tea, come back into the living room, he would light the fire and I would get on my yoga mat in the warm with a cup of tea. And it was really nice. And I did that for a few months, every day, yoga every morning for a few months and I really, really enjoyed it. And then the weather changed, it got warm again. So it was not an option to go to bed at 8 p.m. Sometimes I would just be getting up from a siesta at 6. So obviously you couldn't go to bed at 8. Which meant that I couldn't get up at 5. And that's when the yoga kind of fell by the wayside, if you like. And it's been like that ever since, really. So for the past three and a bit years, it's, well, three years kind of on and off with yoga but I started it again this week and again early morning yoga but there's no cozy fire on in the morning but I stay in my pajamas and I put a jumper on over the top so that's quite nice and I have to say that now that I'm not smoking it is much easier obviously it would happen um But yeah, I don't know what it is with yoga exactly because I really do enjoy it when I'm on the mat. And I suppose it's true what they say, the hardest part of yoga is getting on the mat. And I find that if I overthink it, then it doesn't happen. Probably that has what's happened in the past. Overthinking, when will I do it? How long will I do? What will I, you know... What video will I watch today? All of those decisions, decisions, which meant that I never really got round to doing the yoga. But I'm currently doing yoga at the moment. And again, it's one of those things that I'm not necessarily saying do at wine o'clock. Although, by all means, if you can, and it helps, get out the yoga mat at five o'clock four o'clock, six o'clock, whenever is your witching hour, because it's really relaxing, restorative, soothing, it's like a moving meditation, and it will become part of your daily routine. It just so happens for me, I prefer to do it early in the morning, otherwise it won't get done, which is the same for my morning pages and my writing that I touched on before so what I do now 
um, and I don't know how long it will be exactly this way but it's working at the moment is I get up I light a candle I make a cup of tea and I do yoga and then I do my morning pages and that is my morning routine currently which is another thing that I'm going to talk about quickly how you spend your mornings and I did touch on this earlier on with the meditation has a massive impact on what happens at wine o'clock so we're not just thinking of strategies here to get through cravings we are thinking about the whole day the whole lifestyle and honestly it starts in the morning um so I never got to the point where I was drinking in the morning so if you are in that place then please I would go and speak to a health professional if you think that it might um you might need more than just a podcast to help you break the morning drinking habit I guess that's what I'm trying to say um but what I mean is how you spend your morning can really impact what happens at wine o'clock as I said and I will do a full podcast on your morning routine but doing something lovely in the morning is so helpful and even just appreciating how you feel in the morning if you haven't had a drink the day before is motivation inspiration enough to help you through wine o'clock and that's what really helped me if I was struggling at wine o'clock for whatever reason my husband would say to me just think about the morning how will you feel in the morning if you drink now how will you feel in the morning if you don't drink so thinking about the mornings imagining how I was going to feel in the mornings what I would do in the mornings was a way to help me through wine o'clock and obviously by doing something lovely in the morning like yoga or going for a walk or reading or writing or whatever it is that you choose to do is going to help as I said to ground you to center you to set the tone for your day so that when wine o'clock does come around you're not in that crazy stressed place anymore because you've started your day really well if that makes sense I hope it does so the mornings are a really good way to help you through wine o'clock to prepare you for wine o'clock and also the thought of the mornings at wine o'clock you know how do you want to be feeling in the morning and use that to help you through the witching hour um okay where are we so I think we've got a couple of things left out of 10 things that helped me to stop drinking and are consequently also helping me stop smoking and I mentioned before that we changed our morning routine changed our evening routine we moved the whole of the day forward but in the beginning um we didn't the first couple of months um as I said, we're spent on the sofa eating cake, 
drinking tea and watching TV, which in itself was really nice because for the first time in ages, I could watch a film all the way through and not fall asleep or pass out. And I think we went through quite a few films that we'd seen before but couldn't remember all the details. So it was like having, I don't know, a 10 brand new box sets or something to watch because we couldn't remember what we'd already seen because of the drinking. Um, and in the beginning I did get into kind of a routine. Um, so obviously this was past wine o'clock a little bit, but it was all part of how I spent my afternoon and evening. So I would get ready for bed quite early um, and sit in front of the TV, as I say, with cake and tea. And the first thing that I remember watching, and this is quite funny because my husband can't remember it at all. I got the DVD box set out the other day. We watched a Danish TV series called The Killing. Um, and I know it's been made again in an American. But my brother sent it over in a big box ages ago. And um, we put that on. The fact that we were able to watch it in Danish with subtitles was quite a revelation in itself because obviously you cannot watch anything with subtitles if you've been drinking. Um, but that was the first thing that we watched as two sober people. But my husband can't remember it at all, which I found really funny. I loved it. It was amazing. And I think I might make him watch it again because it was really, really good. So that was something that we did to help us through wine o'clock, beer o'clock, the witching hour, and it's something that I'm enjoying at the moment, actually not smoking, because um, you know what it's like if you have smoked, if you are smoking after tea, can be really challenging, and you want a cigarette, so I've been firmly on the sofa again with some chocolate, <laughs> watching TV, and it's Netflix at the minute we're watching, um, but we are still going to bed quite early, so that hasn't really changed. And it's okay to sit in front of the TV and watch something crappy on TV um, if you want to, if that is what helps you in the beginning. Um, Dawn, one of the lovely ladies who was in our membership last year, she said that is something she has in her toolkit you know, trashy TV, when all you want to do is escape in a healthy way, not have to think about anything, you don't want to watch something too deep or intellectual, you just want to watch something, anything, to take your mind off things, to help you get through the next hour or two, or whatever it might be, so by all means, watch some crap telly, if that helps, it's still helping me at the moment. And the final thing I would say on the journey um, to help me through wine o'clock was and still is my my family, especially my husband, because um, not only 
did we stop drinking together we're also actually stopping smoking together which is really really helpful and I have to say that having that support at home is probably being the biggest game changer for me and it's part of the reason why I do what I do because I know how important it is to have somebody there on your side in your corner who you can turn to whenever you need to um and they will help you no matter what so without a doubt the support of my family especially my husband has been key in getting me through the early days of wine o'clock um beer o'clock um and also because of how things have changed between us and the family dynamics as a whole it's something that's helping me keep going because it just gets better and better home life now is amazing compared to what it was when I was drinking and that is something that I held on to in the beginning as well when it was difficult when it felt hard when I felt like the most boring parent in the world it was still better than when I was drinking so family and my kids are you know key in helping me get through wine o'clock and stay alcohol free Um, and I do think it is important to have that accountability a lot of the people who I'm working with right now are, are telling me that it's that accountability that is important to them to keep them on track you might have um a partner at home a husband at home who with all the will in the world is actually not the person to support you in this I have had a couple of people tell me lately that their husband will just say oh you know I don't think you're that bad or whatever you decide I'm happy with um or you might live by yourself and you haven't got somebody there at home to be accountable to and I don't mean that in a horrible way you know that's going to be checking up on you all the time and um and and watching you I don't mean that but I mean it is just so lovely to have somebody there who you can talk to um who you can cry to who you can say look this is how I'm feeling and it's a bit shit and they get it and they understand so that is another reason why I do what I do because I know the importance of one-to-one connection and support and also the group support as well you know it is a lovely small group of really amazing women um, who get you who understand what you're going through because we've all been there done it are doing it and there's nothing you can say to me either on an individual basis or in the group that will shock me um that you know it's all done without judgment or anything just 100 percent support which I think is so good these days because there is so much support out there now which there probably wasn't when I first stopped drinking almost four years ago I know I've spoken to people who stopped drinking five six years ago and there definitely wasn't 
that level of support around then um and it's just so good that there is that support now and something that I didn't do was look around because obviously I had my husband at home so if you've got the support of your family and friends amazing it's so good if you need something else then don't be afraid to look around because there's so many different ways now that the support is delivered and I would encourage you to find something which is a little bit more than just posting in a Facebook group um, because I do think we need more personal connection, personal support in that respect which is why I do one-to-one because one of the things that people say is that they don't want to feel like one lost soul in a sea of thousands of other people. You know, they want their support on their, you know, one-to-one basis. They want to talk about their issues and problems and struggles and worries. So one-to-one support on that um front is really really important if you don't need that but you need something then have a look around see what is available to you because there is so much help and support available to you now um it's not like it was um where the only option was probably aa or rehab um and i'm not going to go into how i feel about that right now um just it's not for me uh, and it's not for many people but thankfully there are options available to you now so if support is something that's going to help you get through wine o'clock and beyond then do some research and find something that feels good to you because you don't have to struggle alone you don't have to white knuckle it You don't have to sit on your hands and struggle and watch the clock tick while you go crazy. There is help and support available out there for you. Um, And that brings me on to my final little piece about Wine O'Clock. If you are already subscribed to my newsletter, then when you joined up, you should have got your very own guide to getting through Wine O'Clock with a lovely guided visualization but if you haven't got that then do sign up to the weekly newsletter and you will get as a free gift from me uh, a guide to getting through wine o'clock which will put everything that I've rambled on about today in a really nice lovely pdf with a guided visualization and I will put the link to that in the show notes so if you haven't got that go ahead and get that and let me know how you get on and what works for you to help you through wine o'clock um and remember if you need any more support i am here you just have to send me an email or click on the link below to book a free chat so we can talk about the support that you might need moving forward so that's it from me today enjoy the rest of your day your evening wherever you are whatever you're doing right now and 
I will speak to you very, very soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.